0: When I say that brilliant jerks are your greatest teachers, I don't mean that you should try to model their behavior. No, absolutely not. What I mean is that you will learn from every interaction with them, and you will observe what kind of impact their actions have on you and on everyone else around you. Hello and welcome to Conscious Business. Today we're going to talk about jerks, specifically brilliant jerks in the workplace. Now, in full disclosure, this episode is entirely 100% inspired by Reed Hastings, the CEO of Netflix. Now, when most people think of Netflix, they think of you know going dark for the weekend and just binge watching their favorite shows. When I think of Netflix, I actually don't think of binge watching. I think of how successful they are as a business. You know, they pivoted from shipping out DVDs to an entirely different model of streaming services. They also started creating their own original content. And they're also famous for their culture deck, which has been touted as the most famous document to come out of Silicon Valley. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that later. I want to talk about something, though, that has influenced them to have this amazing culture. It's a quote It's from Reed and it's definitely part of their culture deck and it speaks volumes about his beliefs on leadership. He says, do not tolerate brilliant jerks. The cost to teamwork is too high. I love this quote. It explains exactly what he stands for as a leader and how important culture and relationships are to him. Do not tolerate brilliant jerks. The cost to teamwork is too high. Because here's the thing, all companies talk about having a great culture, but few are really willing to make the tough decisions to keep that culture great. And by tough decisions, I mean choosing to confront the bad behavior when it happens, especially when it's from an employee who is really critical to the company's success. So here's a look at what you're going to learn today. First off, I'm going to explain exactly what I mean by brilliant jerks. In the second segment, we're going to talk about how brilliant jerks impact culture. In the third segment, I'm going to give you some advice that, let's be honest, you don't want to hear, but you need to hear and you will thank me for later on. And then lastly to wrap up, I'm going to give you some tips to deal with brilliant jerks when they show up. So get out of your head into your heart and let's dive right in, shall we? So I want to start by defining exactly what a brilliant jerk is. They tend to be very intelligent people with really, really big, larger-than-life personalities. Some people might even consider them to be bullies, and they rely solely on their intelligence to get things done. They tend to have really important roles in a company, and sometimes they're put on a pedestal because They are great negotiators or great closers, and they're critical to either the operations of a business, to the technology, maybe even sometimes working in finance. No matter what their functional role is, they tend to hold power. And when I talk about power, I mean external power, power that is tied to their role within the company, not inner power, which comes from a sense of self-awareness. Now, years ago, we used to think that IQ was the most important predictor of a person's success. If you were smart enough, you could do anything. But now we know different. We know that EQ, which stands for emotional intelligence, is commonly understood as equally, and sometimes, some people even argue, more important than intelligence alone. Because emotional intelligence helps you to not only determine if someone's a good fit, but also if they will be a great leader. Brilliant jerks often lack empathy and emotional intelligence. To them, intelligence trumps everything, and they see it as an excuse to behave badly and to not care about other people's feelings. They're kind of like a Tasmanian devil who will just kind of like whirl into a meeting, share their thoughts and opinions, override anyone else who has an opinion, and then just take off. Have you ever heard that term seagull management? So whenever there's a problem, a seagull manager will swoop in, make a lot of noise, crap all over everyone, and then fly away, leaving a big mess behind. Seagull managers are often brilliant jerks. So, I've put together a list of signs that will help you realize that you're working with a brilliant jerk. I've got five signs. Here we go. Number one, they over identify with their intelligence and see intelligence not only as the most important, but often the only thing that matters in their job. They care about producing results, they care about the what, but not necessarily who they impact or how. They impact them. They're focused on doing, not necessarily on being. Sign number two, they see themselves as superior to others, or they expect preferential treatment. They truly do believe that they are more valuable to the company than other people. And this is due to sign number one, their extreme intelligence. The third sign, they don't believe in emotional intelligence, since they value intelligence IQ so much, they often don't place any value on EQ. Some of them may even be passionate deniers that emotional intelligence is even a thing. I run into this a lot. These people are EQ deniers. Number four, the fourth sign is they tend to be lone wolves. They don't like to lean into others. They don't like to collaborate. They don't want to be seen as equal members of a team. It's often hard for them to work with others, especially those who aren't as intelligent as they are. And lastly, number five, the fifth sign to realize that someone is a brilliant jerk, well, they don't like to admit that they're wrong. In their eyes, they likely don't even ever think that they make mistakes. And if they do make a mistake, they'll probably resort to blaming others for it. Okay, let's recap those five signs that will help you decide if someone is a brilliant jerk. They over-identify with their intelligence. They see themselves as superior to others. They don't believe in emotional intelligence, right? They're EQ deniers. Four, they tend to be lone wolves. And five, they don't like to admit that they're wrong. So now that you have a full understanding of what a brilliant jerk is, let's explore how this impacts culture. We often think about culture as what we intentionally strive to have in our companies, but it's so much more than that. It's also the bad behavior that we tolerate. So I'm going to repeat that. It's really important. Culture is more than what we strive to have in our companies. It's also about the bad behavior that we tolerate. It's when we look the other way and we put the blinders on when there's problems. And this is where employees start to lose faith and confidence in their leadership. And really, if you think about it, Reed is sharing this advice as wisdom to other CEOs, right? He's saying, hey, don't put up with this type of crap in your company. Having smart people work for you is important, yeah. But if they're jerks, they're going to do more harm than good. If you saw someone really demonstrating jerk-like behavior, like one of those things that we talked about in the last segment, but they were a really critical part of your business, what would you do? Would you actually do something about it or would you just kind of like look the other way and secretly hope it was just all going to go away on its own? Remember, taking action to focus on positive things in your business is only half of the equation. You have to also shine a light on the negative things that cause toxicity in your business. When Hastings says, do not tolerate brilliant jerks, the cost to teamwork is too high. What he's saying is powerful. He's putting a stake in the ground and he's saying, there is an opportunity cost when this happens and the cost is to teamwork and essentially to your culture. And it's no coincidence, really, that Netflix is infamous in the startup world for their culture slide deck. Now, if you've never heard about it, it's okay. I'm gonna explain exactly what that is. So the corporate team at Netflix, way back in 2009, create and published a document called the Freedom and Responsibility. They created it as a slide deck. Now, it was a way for them to really communicate their corporate values to the team. started out as an internal document, and eventually, over the years, they published it as an external document, and it became kind of famous. Even Sheryl Sandberg has called it the most important document ever to come out of Silicon Valley. And if you want to check it out for yourself, you can. You can search it online. Just look for uh, Netflix Culture Deck. And it's a lesson in how to create a living, breathing culture to really attract the best talent. Now, a couple of years ago, they actually replaced the original slide deck with a more condensed version of it as a word doc. And here's a quote from the doc that I want to share with you. On a dream team, there are no brilliant jerks. The cost of teamwork is just too high. Our view is that brilliant people are also capable of decent human interactions, and we insist upon that. So, you know, it's not enough to simply aspire to have great culture or to talk about what you want to become. That only goes so far. You have to take action when it's time to take action, and you have to make tough decisions when you need to. If you're all talk, but you don't actually live and breathe what you preach you're gonna do more harm than good. And once you lose the confidence of your employees, it's so hard to earn that back. So to recap, culture is more than what we consciously create in our companies. It's also determined by the bad behavior that we tolerate. It's made up of action and inaction. Okay, so now it's time to share some advice that you don't really want to hear. So yeah, you tuned into this episode to hear something that you probably don't really want to hear, but you need to hear it, and this is the tough love that you're going to thank me for later on. Okay, here it is. The tough love about brilliant jerks is that they are our greatest teachers. Yep. They really are. Now, to understand what I mean by this, you have to remember that our entire human experience here is to learn and grow. To realize our truest full potential, we have to constantly be learning and stepping outside of our comfort zone to expand our range. Now, I tell you this because when brilliant jerks show up, as Reed says, We don't want to tolerate them. And this is true. I couldn't agree more. However, if you have a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset, you will see this as an opportunity to learn something from this difficult person. So now I'm adding on a conscious business layer here onto this quote. When I say that brilliant jerks are your greatest teachers... I don't mean that you should try to model their behavior. No, absolutely not. I mean that you will learn from your interaction with them. You'll also learn what kind of impact their actions have on everyone else around them. So let me explain some of the potential things that you can learn from brilliant jerks. The lesson could be that you master the art of having really awkward or courageous conversations, which I know are very uncomfortable for a lot of you. Maybe you learn how to give feedback to someone who intimidates you a little bit. You could also learn how to navigate conflict in a calm and rational way without letting your emotions hijack you and take you over. In coaching, we do this through a technique called alignment coaching. Remember, one of the four agreements is don't take anything personally because trust me, it often has nothing to do with you. Another lesson you could learn is building up the muscle to really use your voice and stand up for yourself, or maybe stand up for others. Or it could be learning how to deal with fear and the unknown circumstances. Either way, there's something likely really powerful here for you to learn from them. And I get it. It's hard to summon up the courage for you to have to lean into conflict like this. And in truth, they may not have an instant aha moment when you do. They may not thank you for your insight and then spontaneously just turn into an incredible leader overnight. That may not happen. Actually, let's be real. That probably won't happen. However, what will happen is that you will plant a seed for them to really learn what they need to learn right? Because sometimes we need to hear something three or four times before it really sinks in. Sometimes it's more like seven or eight, nine or 10, some people. So once you've made the effort to fix a situation, to really hold up that mirror, that person ideally will either change or they won't change. Now, if they don't, and they don't accept any responsibility, well, then the time comes for you to make that tough decision. Maybe this person needs to be exited from the company For the greater good of the team. And I know that this tendency with really difficult people is to want to try to trim them from our lives. Thinking that we're going to get rid of them. Kind of like removing a bunch of dandelions from your backyard by going around and trimming off the tops. (laughs) We think we're solving the problem. But if we don't get to the root of the problem, then they're just going to grow back. And they're likely going to grow back worse. So when we have difficult people in our life, these teachers, we think that 100% of the problem is with them. But sadly, part of the problem actually sits with us. Because they're often mirroring something in ourselves that we don't approve of. So they are here to teach us a lesson or to help us develop some much-needed quality in ourselves. And if we pass on the lesson that is put in front of us, then we're going to be faced with this lesson in a new situation or with a new person somewhere down the road. This is simply the natural law of expansion. It is our destiny to learn, evolve, and grow. So let me share an example to explain what I mean. So I have a friend who worked for a very difficult boss and he never listened to her. He didn't support her. He was a jerk. He canceled their one-on-one meetings all the time. Basically, he never gave her the time of day. And instead of leaning in to fix the problem and speaking up for herself, she said, pass to this opportunity. And so she went out and she got herself a new job. Well, I'm going to give you one guess as to what happened in her new job guess what her new boss ended up being like? Sure, there was a honeymoon period in the beginning for a couple of months where things were really good and he seemed to really respect her. But then just like clockwork, as sure as death and taxes, this new boss started to treat her the same way as the old one. Why? Because my friend refused to accept the lesson, which was to develop herself to speak up and learn how to advocate for herself. Now, I'm sure you know someone like this. Maybe you know them really, really well. Maybe it was a work situation with a bad boss. Maybe it's that friend who just keeps getting into bad relationship after bad relationship with the wrong person over and over again. And at the surface level, we think, wow, this person has a really bad luck in relationships. But there's nothing random about this, is there? We know that these things are never about luck. They are not about chance. This is all about life design. So to circle back to Reed's quote, I agree with him. I believe you should never tolerate brilliant jerks either, 100%. And I also think we need to layer on top of that, that you have to try to reveal the dysfunction or the conflict in that person. Hold up that mirror. Try to repair it instead of just trying to make it go away. So let's take a second to recap what we just covered in this segment because there's a lot of tough love in here. I know. And sometimes when the tough love is really tough and you don't want to hear it, you might start to ignore me and just drift off. (laughs) So I want to make sure I pull you back in and make sure that you just heard what we talked about. So the tough love is this. Brilliant jerks, as much as we want to avoid them, are our greatest teachers, which means that we will learn from them. And I don't mean teachers that show us how to act, no, but teachers in the sense that they will give us the chance to step up, to be courageous, and to deal with conflict. It is our destiny to constantly be growing and learning, to be expanding our comfort zone. So when brilliant jerks show up, this is just the natural law of expansion at work, which means that difficult people and challenging circumstances are constantly put in your path to teach you a lesson or to help you develop a much-needed quality of your personality and your range. If we opt out of learning these lessons when they show up, Well, guess what? They're going to rebound and show up in another area of your life, kind of like a prairie dog or maybe like a -a whack-a-mole. I don't know. But sadly, they're never going to go away. So do not tolerate brilliant jerks. They're a sign that you need to lean in and learn. Okay, I want to leave you with a few tips for how to work with brilliant jerks. But before I do that, I want to acknowledge that, yes, what I'm asking you to do is really, really hard. I get it, especially for those of you who fear for the security of your job. I know there's going to be a tendency to just want to give up and run away from these people because, you know, they make us feel like crap. These people are jerks after all, right? And as much as I wish I could create a nice safe little bubble for you to live in to protect you from them, I would never do that because I'd be denying you this chance to grow and learn. I know what it's like to feel helpless and hurt by these people. So you go ahead and do exactly what you need to take care of yourself. But I want to guarantee you one thing. If you do have the courage to lean into these people and your relationships, you will always, always, always learn from them and be grateful that you did. And if I'm being really honest with myself, I know that I've been a jerk sometimes too. And I'm not proud of every way that I've handled conflict in the past over the years. I've made a lot of mistakes. And there's been times when... I've let that conflict happen, or I've just chickened out and avoided the situation altogether. But looking back, I can say that these conflicts have always taught me something. They've prepared me for where I am today. So remember, soft skills, just like hard skills, are a process to master, right? Just like everything else we do, you're building up a muscle as you master them. So here's a few tips to work with brilliant jerks. I've got five of them. Number one, remember to always assume positive intent and don't take anything personally. It's easy to assume that we know what people are intending to do, to make up stories in our head about them and their intent and their actions. They may come across as if they don't have feelings, but I can assure you they do have feelings and they feel quite deeply. Tip number two. Find a common ground to meet them on. Now, this is one of my coaching tools that we use when we deal with conflict. We find alignment, which really means simply, what is it that you both agree on? What do you have in common? Focus on that. Speak to them in their language so that they will understand where you're coming from. And keep acknowledging their intelligence because this is a large part of their identity, right? Number three, be empathetic. Yes, Be empathetic. I saw a great saying the other day, which was meant for children, but I think it carries weight here in this instance too. The kids who need our love the most will ask for it in the most unloving ways, which is so true. Remember, you never know what kind of baggage people are carrying around or what kind of hurt they're dealing with in this moment. Tip number four, stay grounded and don't question yourself. Close encounters with brilliant jerks may cause you to want to question your own intelligence and sometimes maybe even question your judgment about where the problem actually lies. But I want you to stay grounded in your confidence and remember, you're not the crazy one. Stick to the truth, okay? Number five, be detached from the outcome. So when you lean in to have a courageous conversation or you give someone tough feedback about their bad behavior, you can't always expect that they're going to get it right away and that things are going to be quickly fixed. Sometimes doing the right thing in the moment doesn't yield instant results. But I promise you, you will reap rewards from either building a new muscle or from speaking your mind and releasing any assumptions that you're carrying around. Okay, it's time to start wrapping up this episode on Brilliant Jerks. Thanks for tuning in and letting me deep dive and really dissect and layer onto this quote. It's such a gem. I've loved it for years, and this has been kind of fun to do an entire episode on one Quote. And I hope there's so much that you guys have learned from this, not just about how you show up as a leader, but about what kind of culture you create through your actions and also through your inaction. At the end of the day, we all have the capacity to act like jerks sometimes, whether it's intentional or by accident. So remember to always hold space for people to make mistakes. Because if we don't hold space for other people to change who they are, then we don't ever give ourselves permission to make a mistake. I don't know about you, but I know that I am far from being perfect. I've made a lot of mistakes, and I'm sure there's many more to come. So I want to leave you with a quote that is from the Netflix culture doc, which is a great reminder that your goal as a leader is more than just getting things done. Your leadership legacy is how you impact everyone else around you, not just what you leave behind, but the impact you have on a daily basis. Your goal is to get into the hearts and minds of others. So here's the quote. If you want to build a ship, don't drum up people to gather wood, divide work, and give orders. Instead, teach them to yearn for the vast and endless sea.